If you're talking about a hot topic at home, at work, and with friends, then we want to talk about it too. In fact, every day on Equip, we're talking about current issues and how faith intersects with life. Today, I'm inviting you to become an Equipper. In this role, you'll give a monthly donation to support the ministry of Equip. And as an Equipper, I'll send you regular emails that contain brief pastoral messages prepared just for you. Become an Equipper right now by calling 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Hey, this is Equip with Chris Brooks, and I'm not Chris Brooks, but I love Chris Brooks, and Chris Brooks is taking a well-deserved few days off. It's the Thanksgiving week, and so for those of you listening internationally, I should say it's the American Thanksgiving, because I know people all over the world are listening as well, but we're so glad to be able to be with you. My name's Ed Stetzer, and I'm the occasional fill-in when they can't find anybody else. They call me, and I fill in here on Chris Brooks, equipped with Chris Brooks, and so we're happy to be in a conversation with you today. I should introduce myself. So I lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, and I'm the dean there, one of the deans there at Wheaton College. And well, for today, I am your host on Equipped with Equip Radio with Chris Brooks. So excited to be in conversation with you today. Let me tell you who we've got on our show. I think you're going to find this to be super helpful uh, and encouraging because one of the things that, um, well, you know, when you work in a place named the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, you're going to love and care about evangelism. And Chris does too. And so, and we do here at Moody Radio, and we do at Moody Bible Institute. So to be able to talk with you about that is a key thing. And when it comes to evangelism today, you know, I wrote an article a few years ago, and I said the article was called, Where Have All the Evangelism Conferences Gone? And if you remember back in the day, there were all these evangelism conferences, schools of evangelism, training meetings, denominations had them. Maybe you remember when they used to have revivals at your church and people would reach out and have harvest days and all these different kinds of things. And It seems that evangelism has fallen on some hard times. It's uh, when I hear people talk about evangelism, it's it's too often kind of a joke about maybe something about evangelism, somebody doing it wrongly or somebody doing it badly, and and so we actually want to see that change. And so um, today's guest is uh, Kevin Harney. Now, uh, Kevin Harney's been a friend for for several years, and he, he is the visionary leader and co-founder of Organic Outreach International. Now, he's also a pastor in a church in California called Shoreline Church in Monterey, California. But though he's from Monterey, California, he's actually live in the studio here downtown Chicago uh, with me in our conversation today. So he's uh, writing, speaking, coaching. He loves to serve uh, movements, churches, denominations nationally and internationally. He's written what's sometimes called the Organic Outreach Trilogy. Also authored No is a Beautiful Word, Empowered by His Presence, Reckless Face, Faith, The U-Turn Church, and other books and curriculum. He's been married to Sherry. We actually had breakfast this morning uh, together and been married for over 37 years, three married adult sons, and four grandchildren. And so we are so excited to have you here. By the way, you can find links to all these things at, Ed, uh, I was going to say, edstetzer.com. That's my radio program. But you can find it at our Equip Radio site as well. And But Kevin, welcome to the show. It is a joy to be here, and it was wonderful to have breakfast with you and your beautiful bride and my wife, and uh, excited to talk about this extremely important topic of naturally sharing our faith, because we all want to do it. Yeah, and you seem to be, though, on this topic, you, those of us who care about evangelism, lately seem to be swimming upstream on some of these things. It seems that evangelism has gotten a bad reputation. Maybe maybe some of our listeners right now are like, well, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this one. If it was something controversial... 
But this is not so much controversial. Well, it's controversial to some places and some people, but it's kind of just unengaged. It's sort of ignored. It's the thing that as a Christian, you're almost allowed to not care about anymore, where I don't think that would have been the case for 2,000 years. So what happened to people's passion for evangelism? Well, great question. And I actually think it's still there. I believe it's still there. Every person listening right now who knows Jesus, who's met the Savior, who's come to the cross, every person has someone in their life or, or multiple people in their lives who don't know Jesus, who they love and care about, and they want more than anything in all their life for that wandering grandchild or son or daughter or spouse or friend or neighbor. We want them to know Jesus. And so I think it's still there. It's in our hearts. I think if the Holy Spirit lives in us, then we have the heart of Jesus, and the heart of Jesus is always moving towards lost sheep. The problem is uh, it's not become part of the, it's not remained a part of the flow of the local church. And my calling, even though I grew up outside of the church, when I became a believer and realized there's churches all over the place, I thought, man, what if every church was equipping their church members to actually share their faith in natural ways? And, and that's my passion, and, and I know that's your passion as well. Well, and one of the things that we, because we've known each other for a while, you uh, speak regularly at our uh, our Amplify Outreach Conference and more. Uh, but one of the things, I, when I was the interim teaching pastor at the Moody Church, which, you know, similar name, uh, similar, same founder as mm-hmm. Moody Bible Institute, Moody Radio. Um, when I was there, we had you in and began to talk about and learn. And people really found your ideas in organic outreach. And particularly today, we're going to talk about organic outreach for ordinary people, uh, sharing good news naturally. It, it the, the phrase, you know, organic and naturally, you know, that's stuff we think about. Like, you know, you go to some fancy, you know, frou-frou store and you have organic yeah. food and natural foods. Um, but I think a lot of people see evangelism as sort of like going to the dentist, something you got to do. It's going to be painful, but you'll get through it and it'll be good by the time you're done. But in your ideas laid out here, organic outreach and elsewhere, you're actually saying there's a better, there's a different path. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think about it. As just as life. And if you if you walk alongside of Jesus, which as disciples were supposed to, but if you read the Gospels, you notice that Jesus wasn't really running programs as much as loving people. And and every Christian can do that. And so so for my in my journey as a Christian, when I first became a Christian, I didn't know that some people had a kind of a calling of an evangelist. I didn't know how that worked. I, I didn't realize that was part of God's calling on my life. But about ninety seven percent of Christians are called to share the love of Jesus. They're called to be salt and light. They're called to give an account for the hope that's in them with gentleness and respect, which Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.15. We, we, that's our hearts, but that 97% of Christians that don't have the calling of an evangelist still want to share their faith. And so uh, for me, my journey has been just trying to figure out, uh, like you said, naturally, not, not, not organic in the sense of uh, you know, more expensive vegetables and fruits, <laughs> but organic in the sense of the way God designed it to be. And every one of us are, are who knows Jesus, we're filled with the light of Jesus, and so we're meant to shine that light. We're meant to bring his grace. Okay, so so um, one of the things that we've seen in the past, so I've been trained in evangelism, I've, I've, and I'm a professor, I teach evangelism, and I, I do think that sometimes people see it as just far more complex um, and one of the things you talked about when you were at Moody Church with us is you talked about how just turning the temperature up a few degrees. Yeah. And I think that's something that people can relate to. So talk to us what that might look like in my life, particularly we got Thanksgiving coming, so we're going to yeah. have family there. Yeah. Should I, you know, bring out the the reference Bible and throw it down? Should I, you know, turn on Billy Graham on the television? How can I move the mixed metaphors to move the ball down the field yeah. some in and around the holidays? 
Yeah, I came up with an idea, just a simple idea. Called, I call it the one degree rule. And that is look at your own heart and say, what's my passion? Not my love for Jesus. That's always there. But what's my love for people who are far from Jesus? What's my temperature from a zero to a 10, 10 being sizzling hot and a zero being icy cold? And if I look at my heart and I say, you know, I'm a three right now. I'm actually a three in my own temperature. Then the one degree rule says, how do I make it a four? I'm not trying to become a 10 because that's a long ways away. I'm just, if, if I'm a seven, I want to become an eight. And if I'm a 10, Lord, make me an 11. So what I teach people is, is to do those things that raise your personal temperature. And so pray for the people that you love that don't know Jesus. Pray faithfully. Every time you pray, the Holy Spirit begins to kind of ignite your heart for them. Make yourself available. Actually say, Lord, I'm available. So you said Thanksgiving. Uh, a lot of people are going to be with family members. And, I, and we may not have had a Thanksgiving for a long, long time with more things to fight about. Uh, it is going to be so a, it's going to be a Thanksgiving where people disagree on things and people used to disagree but they weren't antagonistic and angry about it. It's things have become very very antagonistic and polarized. What if I just said to myself, I'm not only not picking any fights this Thanksgiving, I'm not going to even enter into fight if somebody else tries to pick one. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for people, I'm going to love people, and if people ask me what I'm thankful for, Here's a simple thing. I'm going to let people know that, that the love of God in my life and the, the presence of Jesus is one of the most deeply things I'm most deeply grateful for. That would be if somebody says, what are you thankful for? If you're going to go around and say, everyone share something they're thankful for. Don't be overly religious. But man, if you're not thankful for God's goodness and grace in this crazy time of life, uh, then you've missed a great opportunity. And so I tell people, keep raising the temperature by one degree. Turn the temperature up. Uh, r- read the Gospels before thanksgiving or read you know read the gospel of john and just look at how jesus loved people john chapter three how he loved nicodemus john chapter four how he loved the woman at the well he met them right where they were at he he didn't agree with how they lived or how they thought but he but he loved them right where they are with open arms we can do that that's a starting point hmm. okay so but i don't have the gift of evangelism some people are thinking right now in yeah. their heads and so this is somebody else the pastor's job or maybe it's mm-hmm. evangelism job or maybe it's you know someone else's role so how do you respond to that I've heard that many, many, many times. And uh, when most people say, I don't have the gift of evangelism, I I usually say to them, well, there's a calling of an evangelist. We can debate if there's a gift of evangelism. But but here's the reality. Are you a Christian? If if I ask a question, if I say, hey, raise your hand if you're a Christian, and someone raises their hand, I'll say, now raise the other hand if you are called to share the love of Jesus in natural ways. Mm. Both hands should go up. And then we have a charismatic revival. Praise the Lord. There you go. Uh, We got two hands in the air. Yes, if I'm a Christian, I am called to love people with the love of Jesus, to serve them in the name of Jesus, and to tell the stories of Jesus and my stories of Jesus. We can all do that. And so someone, I, I say to people, maybe you're not an evangelist, but you are a Christian, and this is what we do. And, and what, you, what you, we started this program with when you said, people, this is kind of falling on hard times. I think we've forgotten that, that if you're a Christian, you are called to naturally share the love of Jesus. So get equipped, get trained, get fired up, and let's start doing it. Good. We're going to continue our conversation with uh, with Kevin Farney. Farney. I have a friend, actually, who's named Kevin. Anyway, uh, with Kevin Harney in just a moment. We're, we're going to be talking about his new uh, his book, Organic Outreach for Ordinary Disciples. We're actually going to take your calls as well. We're going to take your calls at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. And also, we're going to have some copies of the book to give away also. So we're excited about that as well. We're going to give away some copies. Not to just, you know, random callers, but people with incredible, insightful questions or information or things of that sort. Again, uh, Organic Outreach for Ordinary Disciples. I'm Ed Stetzer, and we're going to continue our conversation with Kevin Harney in just a moment. Again, with your calls, I want to bite you again. 
877. Maybe you're asking, well, how do I share the gospel? How do I start some of these conversations as well? Uh, Again, 877-548-3675. My hope is that this conversation today will be helpful to you, even if you're unsure about your role, your responsibility, but even prepare you for the holidays to show and share the love of Jesus. Again, last time for the phone number, give us a call, 877-548-3675. And we'll continue our conversation in just a moment with Kevin Hardy on Organic, on Organic Outreach. Pastor John Owuchekwa says that how we respond to adversity is the most important thing about our lives, and he offers the powerful tool of praying together as a key to traversing our troubles. His book has been one of the most important and helpful books I've read in many years on prayer. It's simply called Prayer, How Praying Together Shapes the Church. Request your copy today when you support Equip with a gift of any amount. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit Equip. EquipRadio.org. Hey, we're back. Equip Radio with Chris Brooks. Chris is off this week with some well-deserved time with his family. I'm at Stetzer. I lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. I actually have a program on most of these stations on Saturday called Ed Stetzer Live. So if occasionally, instead of saying the right website, I say Ed Stetzer Live, you'll have to forgive me. But you can always get our information at EquippedRadio.org, including links to all the resources we're discussing today. EquippedRadio.org. We're also going to give away a few copies of Kevin Hardy's book, Organic Outreach for Ordinary Disciples. Now, it's actually three books in the Organic Outreach trilogy. We used the one at Moody, uh, Moody Church. Uh, what are the three books? And, and quickly go through those. First one, Organic Outreach for Ordinary oh, People. Say that again. We lost you for a second. Go ahead. Organic Outreach for Ordinary People, and that's for personal outreach. Organic Outreach for Churches, how do you move your church outward? And then Organic Outreach for Families, turning your home into a lighthouse. And how do you make your home a mission station for Jesus? Okay, so this Thanksgiving, you're going to have people together who don't know the Lord, maybe don't like you, disagree on Mm -hmm. politics and sports and religion, all those things you're not supposed to talk about. But we have a biblical call to talk Mm -hmm. about our faith, not in a way that's divisive, though it might be in some situations, but in a way that invites people to trust and follow Jesus. And maybe you're coming up right here on Thanksgiving. you got questions about how to share the faith. Maybe you've got a kid. You're not sure how to re-engage. Maybe you got an uncle. You're, you're talking how to advance the conversation. Whatever it may be, I want to invite you to call and engage with us here, 877 877- Five four eight three six seven five. We're talking about sharing our faith. Talking about sharing our faith even around the holidays. Eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Okay, so there's that scenario. How do I start this conversation? Do I say grace and say Lord bless the food, and then I say Amen? And by the way, if you don't know Jesus, start the music playing and call him to Christ. Or how do I how do I start that even around Thanksgiving? That may not be the best starting point. Uh, I I grew up in an atheistic home, and so when I became a Christian uh, with five kids, my dad and my mom. Uh, I was significantly outnumbered. My one older sister, Gretchen, had become a Christian, and I became a Christian. Eventually, by God's grace, all five of us kids became Christians, and uh, my dad made a commitment to Jesus this last year, a month before he passed away. Uh, And so, you know, on our journey as a family, uh, we had this exact situation where in an atheistic home, in a home where uh, my parents were not hostile and antagonistic, but did not have faith in Jesus by any means. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I think it starts before you start saying, play the music, let's have a revival meeting. It starts by living out the life of Jesus, by loving people well, by modeling what it means to be loving even when you disagree. I, I think one of the best 
open doors right now on a global scale, certainly on a national scale, is Christians who can who can actually really intentionally love people well, be gracious and kind, be forgiving and gentle-spirited even when we disagree. Because right now we're in a time where people are hostile in their disagreement. And so I would say start by being that model of, you know, we may not always agree, but I love you. Mm. Start there and, and really live that out. I think be as positive as you can. Uh, celebrate the things you're thankful for. And if, you know, I know that I know that it's a fun thing to say to a family. Let's let's each share something we're thankful for. And if you do, you can you can be thankful for a great meal for a wonderful family. But you can be thankful for uh, the, the the grace of God that you that you know. You can be thankful for God's goodness in your life. Uh, and, and you'd be amazed at how many conversations can open up when you graciously talk about God's goodness. Uh, and so I think, and and then I think a lot of private conversations, uh, if you listen well to people, how are you doing? What's happening in your life? They might ask you, how are you doing and what's happening in your life? And, and I think com- you know, the or- organic aspect is really conversational. If you follow the, if you follow the life of Jesus, uh, Jesus wasn't generally doing street preaching. He was walking with people and the broken he healed, the lonely he cared for, he met them where they were at. And that opened doors to conversations. Mm-hmm. Read John 3 and 4, and you see two dramatically different conversations, but very similar in the grace and kindness, and Jesus met these people where they were at. Amazing. Good stuff. Well, let's go to Patty. Patty in Chicago, uh, you are live on the air. Actually, Courtney, would you mind selecting that for me? There you go. Patty, you're live on the air. Go ahead with your question or your comment. Patty, are you there? We don't hear you. Oh, yes, I'm here. Okay, I'm go here. ahead, Patty. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go okay. ahead. Thanks for taking my call. So there, a number of years ago, um, I was at a, some kind of seminar or something, and they were talking about how evangelism has really changed over the years, where it used to be a lot about absolute truth, people wanting to find out absolute truth, what is actually true. And that is no longer kind of the, the thing that people are looking for nowadays. Maybe it's more experiential or something like that. So I, I was curious as to what your take on that, what your thoughts of um, what people are searching for, you know, if there's, if you've seen a difference through the years. Oh, super, super question about it. If you hold on the line too, we're going to ask our producer to jump on and give you a copy uh, of Organic Outreach for Ordinary Disciples. But what, what do you think what, for Patty's question? Well, Patty, I think that with time and culture, people are looking for lots of different things. I think people are always wanting something that is absolute. As a matter of fact, people who tell you there are, no, are there are no absolutes are absolutely certain there are no absolutes, which is an absolute, right? And so I think people actually are hungry for truth more than they'll acknowledge. But people are also hungry to be loved. They're hungry for joy. They're hungry for peace. And all the things that they're hungry for, if you think about what Jesus brings, are exactly what Jesus brings. He brings joy. He brings peace. He brings uh, you know, love. He brings forgiveness, um, he, he brings self-control, the fruits of the Spirit, uh, but he brings himself, and, and he is truth. But I, I do think some people aren't asking the same questions, but they're, they're still needing the same Jesus. And so I think the key is to, to discern where they're at and really and get a sense of what it is their heart is longing for, because Jesus meets our, deep, our deepest longings. Mm. And when I became a Christian, I wasn't asking ultimate truth questions. I was a teenage kid who was angry. Uh, who I had a 0.75 in school. I was failing out of school. I was a. Uh, I grew up in, along the coastal area. I was kind of a, a surfer kid who didn't care about much of anything, and I probably looked like very hard soil who wasn't asking deep theological questions. But when somebody modeled the presence of Jesus for me, my heart was tender soil, and and God drew me to Himself. My first prayer was to receive Jesus. I'd never prayed oh, wow. before. Wow! And my second prayer 
was, God, what do I do with the rest of my life? And I gently heard the Holy Spirit say, spend the rest of your life telling people about Jesus. Wow. I felt a calling seven hours after I became a Christian. Wow. Uh, and I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So I, I think that hearts are open. I don't think we have to beat people over the head with, you know, with a defense of the truth before we've shown them the person who is the truth. I, I think I really like Patty's question, too. And Patty, thank you for your call, where I, I do think that when I was a new believer, you know, and I would share the gospel, I often just needed evidence that demands a verdict, you know, to persuade mm-hmm. people towards this, the truth claims of the gospel. It appears now the question is not as much, is it true? The question is more, is it good? Mm-hmm. Is this good for the world? Is it good for me? Is it, is it, is it more? The same, as you said, the same Jesus. Yeah. And we see you know, Paul the Apostle starting at different places when he's yeah. in Pisidian and Antioch, then when he's at Lystra, then when he's at Athens. So, but the starting point does seem to have shifted, yeah. but relationship seems to be the common denominator in there. And, and along with, is it true? People, I think people are asking it maybe differently. Is this real? Okay, yeah. Is it real? Yeah. And they want to see it real in your life. I often say that, that non-believers oftentimes don't believe we believe what we say we believe. They don't believe we actually believe right. what we say we believe. And when they, when they discover, no, you've met Jesus, you love Jesus, this is real in your life. It's life-changing. That's compelling. I've watched hardened atheists when they finally realize that my wife and I Actually, this is not some religious experience for us. It's not just some religious belief that we were taught as kids, but this is real. This is the core of our lives. That is that draws people in, and through that, they can discover the one who is the truth, even if they're, if they're not asking truth questions. So good. And, Patty, thank you for your call. And I wonder, too, some other calls as well. You might maybe have an example you can share with us, ways you have built relationships with others in order to you know, live like Jesus, share your faith with them. Maybe... What's getting in the way of talking about Jesus with someone you know and you love? And so we'd love to hear from you at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Okay, so if I want to grow in this. And I want to encourage people. I want to encourage people to pick up organic outreach for ordinary people's people. Just so we're clear, it's literally what we recommended at Moody Church. It's 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 a big part of what, what we use at the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. Uh, when I wrote about where have all the evangelism conferences gone, it was just before speaking at your conference and talking yeah. about here's, I think I gave you as the example in that article. So um, how do we make evangelism important again mm-hmm. to the life of the believer? I, not just the church. So it'd be great if the church but right now we're talking to individual believers who are driving in their car, or listening at their desk. How do we make evangelism important again in that context? Well, I think we, we have to be intentional about infusing evangelism in our personal lives. This is why I talk about the one degree rule. What, what's my temperature? How do I raise my temperature? And I can do that through prayer, through reading the stories of Jesus, through talking about uh, lost people with friends and praying together for them. There's lots of ways to kind of raise the temperature. But I think that for... Ordinary Christians, which is really what we all are. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, we, 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 have to, we have to just ask the question, how do I take my next step? I, I, what I've discovered through 40 years of studying this and 40 years of teaching on this topic is that, um, is that if you take about three to four weeks and don't focus on outreach, the, the embers cool off, the fire goes down. 30, if you don't reinfuse this every 30 days in your church, in your home, in your family, in your children, as I was raising our three boys, we would ask them, who are your friends that don't know Jesus and how can we pray together for them? Mm, we were praying so with our boys for their friends. And we saw many of their friends come to faith in Jesus. Our youngest son, when he graduated from high school, they did a baccalaureate and they would always have one 
Catholic priest and one Protestant preacher at the baccalaureate. This year he graduated. They had one Protestant pastor, me, and one student, my son. Hmm. And my my son said, Dad, I think I just need to share the gospel. Wow. Uh, but that was after a lifetime of us every 30 days or more often saying, who are we praying for? Who are we loving? How are we creating our home and lives that reflect the presence and the grace of Jesus? If we're not intentional about it, we, you know, we'll, we'll ask our kids, are you reading your Bible? You should read your Bible. We'll hopefully give our grandkids a Bible to read and we'll encourage, we'll encourage people to pray. Do we encourage a life of lovingly sharing the stories of Jesus and the difference he's made in our lives. We have to take it very seriously and make it part of the rhythm of our normal week, our normal month. Love it. Okay, let's take some calls. Uh, we're going to go to Carol in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Carol, I think I can click on here. I can't get it, Courtney, so if you could double-click that for me. So, Carol, you're live on the air. Sorry about that. Hi. Um, I just wanted to ask, because I don't. it's not difficult for me to share the gospel with people I don't know very well. I I I take great joy in doing that a lot, but the hardest are really my own family and specifically family members who who think that they're Christians and then their entire life, there's really no evidence of that. So I w- that's just a really hard one. How do you approach that um, with a family member, especially one that, that thinks that they're, they're in Christ? Yeah, such a good question, Carol. Thank you for your call. So we got about a minute, and yeah. you can we can go back to the side too. But go ahead and get started because that I mean that's maybe the hardest yeah. for me is the yeah. family members. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's Car- it's Carol, right? Carol, yeah. Carol, thank you. Great question. And what I would say to start with is this, especially with those who say, "Well, I am a Christian." The be- I think one of the best things you can do is is, is just kind of ride that out. Say, hey, you know, since we're both Christians. Tell me about what you're what you're learning in the scriptures. Tell me about uh who you're praying for that doesn't know Jesus. Those people who will say, "I'm a Christian," I encourage believers to then just treat them like they are and kind of presume, say, hey, listen, since we're both Christians, since we're both, let's be praying, let's, let's pray together. Uh, let's talk about what we're leading. And, and, and then they might go, well, I'm not that much of a Christian. <laughs> and then you have another conversation. But, but presume their Christianity, accept what they're saying, and then invite them to go deeper with you. Hmm. Okay, we're listening to Kevin Harney talk about organic outreach. Uh, by the way, I should say, Carol, if you'll stay on the line, too, our producer will come jump on and give you a copy of Kevin's book, Organic Outreach for Ordinary uh, People. We're going to continue our conversation with your calls as well. Maybe you're trying to figure out how best to communicate around this holiday season. 877-548-3675 is the phone number to join us in this conversation. i got to give you that number to you one more time, and we'll jump right into your calls on the other side. It's 877 877- 548-3675 here on Equip Radio with Chris Brooks. Hey, we're back. This is Equip with Chris Brooks. And as you probably recognize Chris's voice, I am not Chris's voice. I am Ed, and this is Ed's voice. And so I'm Ed Stetzer. I lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, host a show here on Moody Radio every Saturday, depending upon the time zone you're in, uh, different times, but every Saturday called Ed Stetzer Live, and occasionally get to fill in at the big fancy microphone where Chris Brooks holds court. So happy to do so today. We're taking your calls. We're talking about sharing the gospel. We're talking about evangelism. We're talking about it from the ideas in Organic Outreach for Ordinary Disciples by Kevin Harney. We're taking your calls, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. And we're going to go to Debbie, who's got a question from Florida. Debbie, you're live on the air. What's your question or your comment? Thank you so much. Um, I have a neighbor that we love each other very much. She's lived next door to me for about six years. Um, We both believe in God. We both were raised Catholic, so we have that in common. 
when I shared my testimony with her and also shared the gospel with her, she said, oh, that's nice, because what she re- where she really has placed her faith is in uh, a medium that lives near us who has seances at her house oh. on a frequent basis. Wow. And that medium is able to tell her things about people who have died that she would not have known if some spirit weren't helping her to know those things. And I've even shared with her that, that I don't believe that spirit is the spirit of God, but she is so entrenched in her belief. And I pray with her. She, you know, she, She's open to the things I say, but it's like a, a wall. She can't hear me. So what would be your next move in a situation like that? First of all, let me just say I love this call. So, yeah, Debbie, yeah. thank you so much for your call. Hold on the line, too, because we're going to give you a copy of Organic Outreach for Ordinary People. So what do you think? What's the next step here? Well, Debbie, first, I want to say you're doing a great job. Uh, you started by saying you love her, and that's, that is the starting point because that's where Jesus started. When Jesus was asked what matters most of all the things that came before in the, in the Old Testament, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So keep loving your neighbor. Fantastic. And keep having those conversations. Uh, what I think I would do is she's sharing kind of a testimony to you about the impact that this, you know, this wrong-minded spiritual pathway she's on is, is having on her. Uh, I would, you can tell her that's wrong and that's evil and that's, you know, you can, you, and, and, and there may come a moment where you need to, to, as a loving friend and neighbor, say, I think you're treading in some dangerous areas. But you can also tell your stories. You have stories of the power of Jesus, of the presence of Jesus, of answered prayers, of God bringing comfort and care in times of need. And the, the stories you have will bring light every time because they're stories of Jesus. I would continue to tell her your stories. If if you have that kind of friendship where you can openly talk about your lives, and, and here's the thing, a lot of Christians are very nervous about letting somebody share something that's wrong and not correcting them immediately. Uh, and, and Jesus didn't immediately correct people at times when they were, when they were out of mind. Sometimes he did, but sometimes he just built the relationship, took time. Uh, that's not a compromise of your faith. That's not a compromise of the word of God. I, I think everyone listening to this program understands that occult behavior, that going to mediums, that, that those are not things that honor God. The Bible's clear about that. But you can walk that road with them. I, I walked with my dad for 43 years before he became a follower of Jesus. And we had lots of conversations about things he believed that I didn't agree with. But I didn't just immediately say, you're wrong, you're in trouble. I would say, let's talk about what's right. And so I, I think continue to be telling stories of God's presence and God's goodness. I think when the moment's right to be prepared to have that conversation about where do you think this is coming from? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the source of this is? And if, if you know, what is, where's this person looking to get this insight? And she's well to, to dead people say, okay, let's talk about that. You have a background in the Catholic church. I have a background in the Catholic church. Um, is that something that, that seems to be, you know, founded in scripture and, and maybe have that conversation about the source of those things, because really, even, even, you know, the enemy masquerades as an angel of light, but there's always darkness there. And your stories are stories of the light of Jesus. That's so, Kevin, I love it. Good answer. Let's go to Ellie in Mundelein. You're live on the air. Ellie, go ahead. Well, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. So we have some new friends, neighbors that moved in. We have been connecting with them for about six months. We feel like, where have we been all of our lives? We just connected so deeply. Hmm. Oh, my gosh, we love our time with them. They're a Jewish couple, um, and we're just a little uh, to go into talking about uh, Christ with them. They know they've been in our home. They read our, they see our pictures. They, they know we, we brought them to church with us for our social events. They, 
they know our background. But gosh, I would love to just like, where is that that tapping in point that can move us into a a deeper place? I I'm very aware that I feel more incompetent to um, talk about. I mean, I could talk about the Pentateuch, but I I just I know that they don't believe in the New Testament and all of that, and I'm grateful that they really love us as friends already and vice versa, so I think, what is my hesitancy? I just want to tell them about Jesus. I'm showing Jesus. My husband is showing Jesus. My children are showing Jesus, but I am, and then I feel awful because I think, okay, Lord, I know you want me to do this, but it just feels so Oh, hard to step into, like stepping into cold water instead of just yeah. jumping it, you yeah. know? Well, first, let me just say I love your heart on this, Ellie, and uh, thank you for your call. Again, hold on. We're going to have Kevin answer, and then our producer jump on and give you a copy of Organic Outreach for Ordinary People. But let me mention, too, I mean, there's a lot of complexity here because, I mean, there's a, a reason that Christians are often hesitant to share with their Jewish friends and neighbors. Um, some of it's historical. I mean, there's, there's um, you know, Christians have actually flipped. We see in the New Testament where Christians were hiding from the Jewish leaders. Well, it wasn't long after when Jews were hiding from Christian leaders for, uh, for long-term, you know, historical persecution and more. Um, yet, at the same time, we want to share Christ with everybody and anyone, and we love our Jewish friends and neighbors and want to share the gospel with them. Actually, Moody Bible Institute has a long history in engaging in this. So what's the path forward here, Kevin? What do you think? Well, I, first thing I would do is to ask lots and lots of questions, and then, and I'm sure you are being very, very prayerful, but uh, when someone has a Jewish background, you don't know fully what that means. And so, you know, you probably know more than we do listening and that people listening to this program, their background, but you have, you have people who have a Jewish background who say I'm Jewish. And what they mean is I'm atheist. You have Jewish people that could be an Orthodox Jew and actively practicing. And so part of it is, is, is if they're, if they're culturally Jewish, then in some ways you're, you're pushing against not a, a religious faith, but you're pushing against a cultural perspective if they are religiously Jewish and deeply committed, then it's a whole different conversation. Um, and so I would say if they are, if they're culturally Jewish, I would begin with almost with somebody like someone who's not yet a follower of Jesus. If they are actively practicing the Jewish faith, uh, I would talk a lot about the, the messianic passages in the old Testament and say, um, you know, what, what do you think about this? And, be, and you could say you know, that the difference between us and we're, we're friends, we can have these conversations is that, is that you don't believe that Jesus was the fulfillment of these prophecies and the Messiah. And I do believe that. I believe he's actually, you know, Jesus was Jewish and he was the, he was the, the, the savior, the Messiah who was promised. And I would even ask, say, would you, would you ever want to do a, a Bible study together through some of the passages that are the prophetic predictions? And then how, you know, I could share with you how I understand Jesus as the fulfillment of those. Would that be an interesting study uh, that we could do you know, around Easter time or around Christmas time, and uh, and and asking those kind of questions, the worst you're going to get is they might say, "Oh no, thanks, I'm not, I'm not up for that." But what I've found through the years is, after many, many conversations with people from all kinds of walks of life, if I say, "Hey, would you be open to just you know, digging a little bit deeper into this conversation we're having?" Most people are flattered and go, "I'd love to have that. I'd love to do that." Uh, people are much more. You know, Jesus said, "The harvest is plentiful, but it's the workers that are few." Pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest will send workers out of the harvest field. People are more open than we realize. If we have a friendship, if we are loving and kind, 
often they'll say, I'd love to dig into that and talk about it together. And you'll be amazed as you begin to look at the scriptures, how the spirit of God will begin to move in your heart and their heart. Yeah. Let me also to encourage you to, if you listen on Saturdays, you may know the name Michael Rydelnik. And so he has a, a resource called the Moody Handbook of Messianic Prophecy. And if you go and like any of the bookstores and look at that, it links to a lot of other resources like that as well. And so those will be helpful, I think, for you in this conversation. Because, but, but I think it's, it's really important what, what Kevin's saying here. There's also a sense that, um, that people, when, they, who, who, when you talk yourself being Jewish, that can be an ethnicity and a religion. And so people can be Jewish and other things and not necessarily religiously devout. And so seeing where they are, so, so helpful, Kevin. That relationship just makes a key part of that conversation as well. Hey, listen, we got one more segment today on Equip with Chris Brooks. I want to invite you. You've got lots of great questions and great callers today. This is the Chris Brooks audience, Kevin. They're, they're great thinkers. Yes. Uh, but the number here is 877-548-3675. If you just tuned in, we're talking about taking questions about how to share the gospel from one of the, right now, the country's leading thinkers in and around this space. He's written a trio on on organic outreach. We're talking specifically about organic outreach for ordinary people. We're going to continue our conversation here on Equipped Radio with Chris Brooks. I'm your guest host, Ed Stetzer, and we're going to take your calls. One final segment, your last chance to call, 877-548-3675. This daily program is fully devoted to coming alongside listeners like you to give you the tools needed for a successful walk with God. As one of our loyal listeners, would you be willing to become an equipper? Your monthly contribution will be applied to equipping others all across the country. Plus, as an equipper, I'll send you regular emails that contain brief pastoral messages prepared just for you. To become an equipper now, call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Hey, you know, if you're looking for a book that with the potential to change lives of Christian individuals, families, entire churches, I want to encourage you to check out this month's impact gift. It's called Prayer, How Praying Together Shapes the Church. Pastor John O. walks us through some startling revelations about the biblical truth of corporate prayer, uh, how a change in our modern church culture could set the stage for spiritual revival. It's our gift to you when you support Equip this month. Just call 888. This is not the number to call in. This is the number to become an Equip partner is 888-644-4144 or visit equippedradio.org. So you're listening to Equip Radio with Chris Brooks. I'm Ed Stetzer filling in for Chris today. We've been having a conversation with Kevin Harney in and around evangelism. Lots of great questions. So let's go to Maria in Indianapolis. Maria, you are live on the air. What's your question or your comment? Thank you for taking my call. It's more a comment. Um, and I really appreciate hearing what um, your guest had to say, how he answered the questions and how he was guiding those who had a question. Uh, with me, I tell, um, and I don't even know where to begin, I was telling your, the gal who answered the call that it's not really a question. I, I, don't, I don't consider myself an evangelist. I don't th- consider myself being able to uh, evangelize, but yet I do think that God is using me that way. Uh, because I try to model Jesus first and, and tell people about Jesus only if they ask. I'm not one to strike up a conversation or, or, or say, I just, yet this is, this week alone, this is the third conversation that the Lord has allowed me to hear uh, that mm-hmm. talks about um, being an evangelist, an evangelist, and by, if you're a Christian, you evangelize to people. And I'm just really struggling with that because 
I, I believe that my call is not to bring people to Jesus, but to bring Jesus to people. Because when that happens, then they'll come to Jesus. Um, I can do everything that Jesus calls us to do, loving him unconditionally. Um, I can forgive, all of that. But I don't feel called to go beyond that. The Lord had me write a book that tells stories about that about God and how approachable he is and how reachable he is. Um, and it would be for anybody, but I, could, I wouldn't see myself doing that to evangelize. Okay. Maybe I'm just getting caught up with semantics. No, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Kevin, I mean, Maria, first of all, I want you to stay on the line, too, so we can give you a copy of Organic Outreach for Ordinary People. But I think it's a great call and a question. Yeah. I don't think that's an uncommon thought. Mm-hmm. And I actually appreciate yeah. our desire to uh, show forth the love of Christ. Yes. But what about sharing uh, the good news of the gospel? Where does that fit? Yeah. Do we all have a responsibility? Tell us. Yeah, it's a great question. And what struck me was when I was writing this book, that you know, this Organic Outreach for Ordinary People, I wrote it for the vast majority of Christians who don't have the call of an evangelist, but they are Christians and they should share faith, whether they're bringing people to Jesus or bringing Jesus to people, however you frame it. And what, it was in manuscript form. And I was talking to a college student who said, I'm not an evangelist. I can't do this. I can't share my faith. And I said, well, hey, would you read, a, you know, just read the first chapter of this. And I gave him the manuscript. He came back to me about a week later. He said, I read the whole thing. I'm an evangelist. And I said, I don't think you are. And he laughed. He said, well, I can do everything in this book. And I said, well, that's because you're a Christian. Uh, you can love, you can serve with purpose, with meaning. You can tell your stories of faith. You can tell his story of faith. You can do these things because this is what Christians do. And so I would say to all those listening, the vast majority of you are going to say, I'm, I'm probably not an evangelist, and even sharing my faith might stretch me a little bit. But then again, Jesus did say to follow him was to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. It didn't, doesn't sound easy. And so I would say this that there are, are many ways to share your faith and to articulate the faith. And, and I'd love to just, uh, if you're a note taker, write down these eight words. I'll give you eight words. And these eight words are actually, or if you're driving, don't write anything down. Um, <laughs> but just try to remember these words. And, and the opening letter of these four couplets is G-O-G-O. Here's the eight words. And this, this is kind of the heartbeat of the gospel. God's love, our problem, God's solution, our response. So when somebody says, I don't know how to share the story of Jesus, I tell them, just remember these eight words, God's love. There's a God who loves you for God so loved the world. It starts with God's love. He initiates God's love. Then it comes to us, our problem, sin, our brokenness. We've rebelled. We're far from God. We're separate from God. So God's love, our problem, and then God's solution. He sent Jesus who lived and died and rose again and paid the price for our sins. And then our response. And so it goes from God to us to God to us. Our response is we can receive by faith the gift of grace. We can receive Jesus Christ and we take his hand and follow him as Lord. Our response isn't just that I believe, but I receive and walk with Jesus. I begin to grow on that journey of faith. And so any Christian can can share with somebody the fact that there's a God who loves them, that we have a problem called sin, that, that God's solution is found in Jesus and that we can respond and receive that gift of grace. And, and I, shared that, I shared those eight words with my dad the last time I was with him, a month before he died. And my dad, who had rejected the gospel many, many, many times after his five kids became Christians, uh, when I finished walking through those eight words, I said, Dad, does this make sense, and are you ready to receive Jesus? And my dad, this hardcore atheist, when I was quite young, looked at me and he said, Absolutely. I was so shocked. I said, Dad, let me explain it again, because I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, because he rejected it so many times with such clarity. I walked through it again. I said, is that the commitment you're ready to make? And he said, absolutely. 
And he took the grace of Jesus, but he also took the hand of Jesus to follow him. And that's something that we can all do. We can share the simple story of who Jesus is and what he's done and our our invitation to receive that gift and follow him. Mm. And I would say, too, I think we all have um, different ways to engage those conversations. And I'm so thankful Maria is uh, being ready to give an answer to the hope that she has, but with gentleness and respect. I would also say I would encourage to find some ways for the verbal proclamation of the gospel in the midst yeah. of that in ways that are appropriate for her wiring and her call. Yeah. And maybe just turn that temperature up a little bit, as you, as you often say. And, and you know, that's the, the final chapter of Organic Arts for Ordinary People is about nine different ways to articulate the story of Jesus. That's good. Same story, different ways to tell the story. Okay, let's get one more call in. I think we're going to go to Paulette. Uh, Paulette is in Missouri. Paulette, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I... God works in mysterious ways. I just accidentally turned to this station. Um, but the caller before was talking about getting to her Jewish through to her Jewish neighbors. And Kevin, when you your response, you're so knowledgeable uh, of the different culture and Judy and Judaism and, and the religious part of it. I was raised Jewish and now I believe in Jesus hmm. and I need ministering to myself <laughs> because yeah. I don't know what to do next, but Kevin, you're so not, you're, you're very aware of it. What, you know, I don't want to say Jews for Jesus because it's so corny, but, um, you know, you don't get rid of the culture, like you said, but yeah. I deeply, deeply, uh, devoted to Jesus now. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the early Christians, most of, most of who were Jewish in their background, um, many of them, until, until they were kind of pushed out of the synagogues, would still worship uh, with, with, their, with their Jewish faith and then worship on the Resurrection Sunday. To, they, they kind of embraced both. And, and I think that those who come from a Jewish background, to, to nurture and appreciate the beauty of that and the background of that. If somebody says, well, now you become a Christian, you have to leave all that behind. Well, we have an Old Testament that's two-thirds of the Bible that's, that, that is built upon the New Testament and, and is the fulfillment of that. Jesus, when Jesus talked about his love for the scriptures, it was the Old Testament scriptures. And so I would say honor and bless your past, embrace what you can uh, that, is, that, that fits in with your Christian faith and build on that. And so I know I know Christians who have a Jewish background that will celebrate some of the festivals in a deep and rich and meaningful way, and they find great joy in that. But they're, but Jesus is their Messiah. He is their Savior. And, and so if there's something from the past that conflicts with your Christian faith, obviously that may be something you, you kind of let let lay behind. But but to be able to embrace those things that are good and beautiful and rich and that help you love Jesus as your Messiah and Savior, I think that's wonderful and beautiful. Is, does that make sense, Ed? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It's super helpful as well. And we're super thankful to have Kevin on the program today. Let me also mention today that in about an hour from now on most of these stations, Chris Fabry will actually have on Mark Middleberg, a friend of mm-hmm. ours, yes. who's going to talk about getting comfortable sharing your faith as well. So let me thank our team here. Courtney's our producer today. Courtney Young's our producer. We've got a Deb Solomon, who's, who's man in the phones, and, and I, I said, you're the engineer. I got the backwards. Courtney's the engineer, and Deb is a man in the phones and the producer as well. And we thank you, as always, for the wonderful calls and callers we've had today also. Again, my name is Ed Stetzer. I lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, filling in for Chris Brooks today. I want you to remember that we're going to continue our conversations, and tomorrow on this very program, we're going to have Tracy McKenzie. He's an historian, and we're going to talk about some of the history of Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about what really happened on that first 
first Thanksgiving, why it matters, and we're going to ultimately point people to Jesus as well. So thanks for listening. Let me remind you, you can find Equip Radio on social media. You can find it at equipradio.org as well. All the resources mentioned here. And as always, Equip Radio is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.